another NY Jets fans podcast with hosts Davin Sharman and Chris as we got another week of NFL news and of course our, our very own New York Jets. Um, follow us on Twitter at Jets Fans Podcast and follow us on Instagram at NY Jets Fans Podcast. Um, as today we do we do have a, a special guest with us. Um, if y'all don't know her, she I know she's one of the hosts for the Jets Guru on Facebook, and she and you know she she knows a lot about Jets and everything. So I think this will be a very good episode. Um, as I introduce y'all to Krista, um, if for the fans that don't know you, uh, you know speak about yourself, where you from, how long you've been a Jets fan, and who's your favorite Jets player. Hey, first of all, I want to thank you guys for having me on today. You guys mentioned I do a I do a podcast with Kevin and Dan with Jets Guru on Facebook. I also write for Locker Room Update where I interview college football players during my free time. And I've been a Jet fan for pretty much all my life. My most my family that I live with are all Jet fans. My uncle's a season ticket holder, and that's how I became a huge Jet fan, by going to games with him. And do you want my current favorite Jet or my all-time favorite Jet? All-time. All-time. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's tough. Um, pro- probably have to go with Joe Namath because I'm a big, big Alabama fan, and I've met Joe Namath, and I've watched – I've watched a lot of his old tape because my uncle has old tapes of him from Super Bowl three, and I just love wow. the swag. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's all amazing. They're awesome. Whenever I hear him on the radio or on TV, he's such a great interview too. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think what makes it important for this episode is to let let, let you know let y'all feathers know uh, Happy Father's Day for one and for two. Uh, let's let's not let's not get it twisted. You know, there's females out here that's actually fans and they know football as well as us men. So you know, so it's so it's very very good to uh, to know to know this kind of stuff. So um, let's get into some some topics. Uh, first off, I want to start off by uh, saying rest in peace to Broncos owner Pat Bowling. Uh, he passed away. Uh, I don't know how how he passed away or anything, but um, I know basically as an owner, uh, he had a very successful uh, career, um, and I just wanted to say that you know in advance. So uh, you know, um, to your family, rest in peace and everything like that. Uh, so let's get into the real deal. Uh, we're gonna start off by uh, Mr. Clowney, Clowney and the Texans. He didn't come to OTAs after not signing his franchise tag. Um, how's important? How important it is for the Texans to try to get a deal done? Yeah, yeah man. Hey, uh, definitely. I think. I think uh, the only reason why he hasn't been signed is the fact that I think uh, they're weighing the pros and cons of a player that has been injury riddled over his. You know, over. No matter how, uh, no matter how successful or productive he has been, unfortunately, it's always been kind of uh, the injury always kind of kind of mess. So, uh, so definitely, I think that's the only reason why they're trying not to sign a long-term contract with him. They probably want to give him a shorter-term contract, but that would kind of be disrespectful to a player that's so productive in your system. So. Uh, I think they're just weighing the pros and cons here. You know, maybe maybe they get somebody that's like, uh, you know, that's making a run and they're really desperate for this one one player they need to take, get them over the hump. 
and give you know give you know sell the the bond for him but uh i don't foresee him signing a contract right now and you know what another point too is they got a lot of money invested in jj watt so are you going to pay True. two you know two ends top dollar when your offensive line because the texans offensive line is is uh, actually worse than ours you know as bad as some <laughs> people say ours is mm. it's not horrible but theirs is worse than ours so that just shows you how bad theirs is so they got a, a lot of issues and they also don't have a gm right now so i don't know how they're going to work that's out contracts true. and so that's the other point with them too i they're they talk about you know we were talking about this before how the jets are always you know the clown show and look what they're doing they got rid of their gm after the draft and after the free agency spending well look what the texans did they are a total mess <laughs> so and they said i was reading uh, today or yesterday that they might even go the whole season without a GM. Yeah, yeah, right. Right, the scouting and the head coach. And, so they're a mess. So I, I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I think in my opinion, I, um, I think, you know, what they should do is give Clowney a one-year extension. Um, I think it's all about health. I think it's all about trying sure. to be healthy. Um, he did play his last two seasons, had 18.5 sacks in his last two seasons, which is productive, had nine sacks each of the seasons. Um, I just think it's all about health. I think he never played the season healthy. You know, remember his rookie season, he got injured, I think, the first, second, or maybe the third game, and yeah. he, he hasn't camp. really played. Yeah. <laughs> in camp, I think, yeah, in camp, yeah. Yeah, yeah so – I think this. I think because he's young, it's not like it's not like he's old. He's young, but at the same time, you know, just like we said about Carson Wentz, it's all about health. So um, I think they just trying to do a one year contract, and I think he wants a long term, but they don't want to make no mistake. Availability is the best ability. There you go. Right. Yeah, I like it. Chris, Krista, uh, what's your view on this? Yeah, you all made a lot of good points. My first thought is what was mentioned before, they have a lot of money already invested in J.J. Watt, and health has definitely have been a big issue for Clowney. I think a lot in Clowney's end might be, has to do with how much money he's asking for. We don't know how much he's asking for, and more years could be what could be preventing the signing as well. So I think yeah. you guys made a lot of good points there. Yeah, um, and, not, and the last but not least, uh, his franchise tag, I think, was like $17 million. Yep. So yeah, that's a lot of. That's money. already yeah, a lot of money. So what you asking for? Twenty five million for for a nine a nine sack <laughs> season when that's very easy by like Aaron Donald well, and all wants, these other players. He probably wants well, a long he term. Wants not just the money. Yeah. yeah, he wants the years. You know, he wants a, a, a commitment. I, I think I think I think if he does the one year and he can stay healthy for a whole season, I think they'll put their money. You know, they put a little bit of more money into him. Maybe give him a longer contract. So, so I yeah. don't know. I can see that. Sure. Yeah. So well, that, well. At at the moment, their coaches, their interim GM. So, uh, yeah. Uh, they, they, this is this is where the decisions are coming from. So let's see how far that goes. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very very interesting. So um, as we move along, uh, the Lions and the Patriots, uh, they basically uh they dealed it and they trade it and go through for uh tight end Roberts after he felt the physical. So the Lions had to waive him. Um, I'm gonna start off with you, Krista. If you never heard of this news or anything, how do you? How, what's your view on it? How how you think uh, the Patriots will try to find them a tight end before the season will start? 
Um, I definitely feel like the Lions and obviously the Patriots, they have a lot of connections within the organization. It's kind, yeah, I don't know. It's kind, of, it's kind of an odd predicament how that happens. So basically, I guess mm. the Patriots kind of win because they waived them. Now they pretty much get them for free if they really wanted them. So how that trade worked out. <laughs> so it kind of out to their benefit as odd as that works. I honestly don't know much about this tight end, to be honest. But right. hey, it kind of, kind of worked to their favor oddly. <laughs> I think I think it's kind of crazy, um, like 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 you just. I think I will I will kind of go left field with this. I think to me the reason the fact that the the Patriots are kind of going out of their way to kind of get a stopgap tight end, kind of tells me that there's a chance that Gronk comes back. Maybe a few games. Medal medal of the season. It's just I'm just saying that's yeah. my feeling. Because it's weird yeah. to me that the team that are, likes to run, their scheme is a lot of inside stuff, a lot of seam attacking, a lot of slants, a lot of and, – and attacking the middle of the field. And you – instead of you trying to get a, a, a tight end that's, that's a downfield threat, a seam threat, they're basically just looking for any dude to just, like, plug in you know, it seems like to me anyway, in my opinion, it just seems like they're trying to get some kind of stopgap instead of a guy that could take over the, you know, take over the position. So, you know, it's me being, you know, kind of, you know, hey, man, the Patriots might have some kind of surprise for us, you know, and Gronk comes out, mm. you know, mid-season mm-hmm. or something. Don't they Don't they always have a surprise <laughs> for us, though? Yeah, I was going to say, you know what their surprise is going to be? Their surprise is going to be some guy named Joe... Michael or something, and he was bagging groceries at, uh, you know, at, at you know at the store, and they're gonna sign this guy, and he's gonna become, I don't wanna say he's not gonna become Gronk, but he's gonna do the job the way they the way they needed to. He's gonna do great. <laughs> I, you know, that that's what it comes down to. I, I don't see Gronk coming back because he the last two years he's been injured. You can see he's lost a step. He's still. Probably better than more than half the tight end. Yeah, right. But <laughs> but you can tell he's he was beaten down the, the last two years, and he still know, he still I, had I, a monster I, I Super Bowl game though. I mean, he was played yeah, the no, way he, he played That's those fun. inside yeah. those inline blocking um, situations where he was constantly beating the crap out of a lot of those linebackers and defensive ends. I you know, come on, man. I listen. I it just I it just feels wrong to me. You know, this whole thing just feels like a setup. It might not I be, think, but <laughs> I, I think. No, oh, nah, what you was gonna say? Go right ahead, Chris. It wouldn't be a. Sh- I was gonna say it wouldn't be a shock to what you're saying. I just don't think it's gonna happen. But I wouldn't be shocked if it happened. Um, I, you know, it wouldn't be like, oh my god. Right. You know, I could see it happening too, but. I, just, I, I think know. I think I will side with Charmin on this because of the fact of the matter is that imagine the Patriots go three and four, three and five in the first eight games, and Tom Brady say, "Yo, I, I really need you, Gronk. Like, no, no other tight end not going to play this. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to completely 100, percent you know, take Gronk out of this situation because Gronk come back, you, you got, you, you already got a, you got a playmaker, and now, and now we back to square one again. That uh, so I'll give it eight games. I'll give it eight nine games to see what really happens. That it's still up in the air. But uh, I will side side with Sharman. I don't think Rock is really retired. I just think he's saying that so he can rest his body. Imagine coming to Week Nine well rested. You know, <laughs> maybe 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 Krista has some inside information about him 
did he really sign yeah. his his, re, his his retirement papers? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish. Yeah, that, right, yeah. Yeah. Can you slip Brady's underneath the suit so you can sign? Right. Let's get them both out of the way. Right. Hey, Belichick. Yeah. Sign this too. Yeah. So, so get rid of all of them. Yeah. So speaking of the Patriots, uh, the Patriots dropped the charges on the Texans. Um, after the Texans uh, told the Patriots they was moving on from interviewing uh, Nate Casario for the general manager position, and now Bill O'Brien has to do the general manager position and head coach, and they're not gonna and they're not gonna uh, think about getting the GM for for a whole year. So how how would this play out, and and could things get more worse than what it is for the Texans? Chris. Huh. So it's really tough to say. I really find it odd how they fired their GM after one year, and you hear absolutely nothing from the media. And I also understand they're in Houston, we're in New York, so there's a bigger market here than there is in Houston. And I also understand that Houston accomplished, but I do find it odd that they would fire GM after one year. I kind of low-key think Bill O'Brien might be a big issue, so I kind of would be scared of him taking over everything all of a sudden. That's my understanding of it. I, I honestly, with the with them falling out with the Patriots not getting the guy, I think, I think the Patriots really valued that one guy that the Houston were going after, and they really mm. really wanted to keep him, and he was a key part in the organization. So that's kind of how right. I stand with all that, with that situation. Yeah, it's, it's definitely yeah, a mess. I listen. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. No, I was gonna Go ahead, say, Chris. It's, it's definitely a mess, and you know what the Jets like, like she, like Krista was saying. It, you know what the Jets get all the, you know, they get laughed at. They're the ones that get pointed out. Oh, they're they're a clown show. Look what they're doing. They they got rid of their their GM right after everything. But look at the Texans. They're gonna go maybe a whole year without a GM. You know, and and they're just I, yeah, they did make the playoffs a couple of times in the past couple of years, but they've all they've always fell short. I think of the expectations that have been put on them. They, they were always the team, oh, watch out for this team. They're going to they're, they're gonna break out this year. You know, mm. watch out because Deshaun Watson's healthy. You know, he's going to do good. And they just, they always fall flat. I don't, you know, is it, is it O'Brien? I don't it's know. The, it's, it's, a, it's a funny thing to me. I think there's multiple points here. I think uh, uh, it's weird to me how almost every, uh, uh, ex uh, Patriots employee goes somewhere else and tries to create Patriots North or Patriots mm-hmm. West or Patriots East, you know. And and I think and I think that's kind of what uh, our um, the head coach is trying here because he he got Jack Isabi away because I think Jack Isabi was was uh, a member of the Patriots at one point, front office guy got him over, and I think that whole thing started with uh, Isabi coming over because once Isabi came over, I think that kind of opens up the gate to um, the firing of uh, Greg Gaines. Um, basically, for me, I think, you know, I think Bill O'Brien has way too much on his plate. I think he has way too much power. Uh, his voice is way, um, echoes too loudly in the halls of the Texans. You know, I think, I think coaches need to get their respect fine. But I think there's a lot of uh, 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 titles or there's a lot of jobs in a front office that somebody else needs to do, you know? Um, so I, I, I definitely, you know, they, he definitely handled this thing so wrong. 
you know, and I think I think he needs to be tagged up, you know, for it. I think they need somebody needs to say say, some, say something about that um, because that that team is way too talented for that kind of circus behind the scenes. Yeah, I think I think what doesn't make it a circus is that the what what James Conner on his Twitter was saying was that um the Texans has won three out of the last four divisions, so they don't seem like you know you know, and we haven't really won won nothing, and we have we haven't been in the playoff drought for like what almost a decade. So so they so they feel like we're more of uh, losing more into a losing way than the Texans. So I feel like, so they feel like I guess there's nothing really going on. But this is a whole goddamn mess. Um, the GM situation, I can understand. <laughs> like we talked about, Charmin, like the like uh, the draft. They they had a horrible draft. Let let's let's be really honest here. <laughs> they had one of the worst yeah. drafts out of the whole NFL for the 2019 draft. So I can understand why, but at the same time, this was this was the worst case scenario. This was more horrible than our situation because we did it right after the draft. You know, we did it right after we we and did we, it right. And we didn't have a horrible draft either. And right. We didn't have a bad. And we didn't have a bad free agency. Exactly. Either. I mean, uh, we had one of the best we've had in a long time. Yeah. And yeah. Just just to just to just to put um, um just to even even kind of press the point of uh, how powerful Brie O'Brien is. I um according to what I I saw, I think I read somewhere that he was the reason why they drafted those offensive linemen. That that because he fell in love with them, with especially one of them. I'm trying to remember his name. That uh, um, no matter which amount of scouts that I read, you know, amount uh, everybody had him ranked really low. I think Bill O'Brien was the only person that was in love with him and took him so high. So I don't know, mm. man. I mean, That's when you're so when you're hard. again, when, <laughs> yeah, when you're when your coach when your coach has that kind of power, you know where. Some you know, there's nobody really telling him. Listen, man, I don't think this is, you know, be you know, they, they, I I just, I just don't think that's gonna work in their I best interest. I think the best. I think the best case scenario was that we got our GM right before this. All of this have, have has happened here. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I think I think that was the best case scenario because you know, yeah. um, because of the fact that the matter is that now they. That they, I heard they interviewed uh, Ray Farmer, but I guess that didn't go too well. Um, and that was just it, you know. So now Bill O'Brien's about to take over for the whole year, and it's about to be a lot of BS. So good, good luck to y'all. Hey, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Their 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 situation is not a great situation, you know. I thought ours. When you're looking at the Jets and the Texans, if a GM was going to decide between the two jobs, mm-hmm. I would have thought the Jets' job was much better in a position than the, than the uh, Texans are. You know, the Texans, yeah, they got some good players, but their quarterback position, Deshaun Watson, he's been inconsistent. He's had his moments, but, you know, what has he done? Correct. Well, so, yeah. But he's been productive uh, enough. I, I think at the end of the day, I think what I'm – I think it just goes back to say to show you what I'm saying about about – I think there's some kind of toxic relationships going on in the front office. I think a lot of people mm. are kind of staying away – because of uh, because probably of, of uh, you know of Bill O'Brien, I'm, I'm I, and and there's, and he's a very talented coach. I, it's always kind of weird to me the kind of people that that kind of stay away from him after a while. And I've even heard prominent people speak kind of like not harshly but speak against him. You know, which is something right. you not you don't hear a lot in coaching circles. Coaches normally don't speak against each other. So I don't know, man. I'm just, you know it just. 
I always look at what I always look at what he did in Penn State after the whole uh, Joe Paterno situation happened, mm. and guys were leaving Penn State, you know, like crazy. And he he held whatever he had there together, and they had a pretty good season. Yeah, with with the goddamn Christian Hackenberg. Imagine if Christian Hackenberg played <laughs> well, another year or two. What if, let's, not, let's not say we, I don't. I think we should make a ruling. We can't say that name anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That name and the other name. Another name. There's two names. That, yeah, those two names we can't really say. Uh, yeah, so. we should do, you know, you remember that old Ten Commandments <laughs> movie? You remember that old Ten Commandments movie where, yes. where the guy's like, his name should be stricken. <laughs> there you go. There's a couple of names that should be stricken. I don't, I don't, <laughs> those, I don't know. We can start with those two. Definitely. Yeah, so we, got a, we got a whole lot of names we need to stricken. Yeah, exactly. Whoa, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, we, we definitely got more than 10. <laughs> Man, we'll, we'll get to that soon on another episode. Uh, but after, exactly. as, we, as we move along, uh, Kyle Rudolph, uh, um, there was some trade rumors about him, but at the end of, at the end of the situation, he assigned the four-year extension, uh, $36 million deal. How important, how important for, for the Texans, I meant the Vikings, sorry, the Vikings to, uh, to sign this, to get Rudolph back with this team for, uh, for, for four years. Hey, you know what? He's one of the better tight ends in the league. So to get, you know, to keep him on the team, that's great. He's one of uh, Cousins' favorite uh, targets. Yeah. So that makes oh, a lot Jesus. of sense. <laughs> but they're in a – yeah. That's it. Hey, but you know what? They're in a bad cap situation, you know. Yeah. And uh, you're going to see some cuts and trades on that by that team either this year or definitely after the season. Um, and Cousins might be one. If he has another bad year, you know, they're, they're going to try to trade him. <laughs> Well, well him, but... I'm not gonna say another. I'm not gonna say another bad year. I'm gonna say another playoff drought of not making the playoffs. Right? Because he did. He had, you know, he still had pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't bad. I, I give him that, but uh, Vike, Vikings kill me every time. Uh, oh Jesus! But speaking of the Vikings, I, I I don't know what it is about the they fan base and all these players that think they just gonna use the Jets as. Leverage, but it, it it kills me, you know. And then to sit here, um, long story short, we we haven't gotten to it with a with a with a so called Viking fan. He's just talking some crazy stuff. Oh, your your coach is a crackhead and all of this. And I was like, really, dude? R- really? <laughs> okay. Excellent. When, when was the last time the Vikings uh, were in a Super Bowl? Ooh. Oh. That was that was uh, um, Chris Carter was still in the NFL. Did they even no? They no. didn't even make they the did, no, they, they, no man. They didn't no, even go then. They didn't even go then. <laughs> early oh, probably man. throwback. That probably was that. Like throwback. That was that missed yeah, field goal, yeah, I, Chris. That was that missed field goal, right? right. Brett Favre. Yeah. That Brett Favre game. They were supposed to went to the Super that Bowl. Yeah, that was <laughs> that one too. Oh yep. Jesus. Their last one was I think in the early seventies against Pittsburgh, maybe or Kansas City. Yeah. Um, That's a long time I think ago. Zero and four. I think they're like 0-4 in the Super Bowl. So they don't have any wins. <laughs> Not that we should be and, bragging. And, 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 and for what the Vikings fan said, uh, he got one of the best coaches in, in the top top five coach in the league. Oh, my God. I like I, I love I love down. Mike Zimmer. I, I love him. But I don't know. Yeah, I, do I don't know about all that, though. I don't know, man. They don't lost, they, you know they don't lost their damn mind. You can't, you can't, you can't. They can't even talk. Like we don't remember that kick they yeah they missed on the um against yeah. the Seahawks oh, at yeah. home a seventeen yard. Oh, that was oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly. That was bad. Yeah, they've missed several kicks. 
Yeah, but um, I think I think that Kyle signing is kind of a, a kind of a, a sign of things to come in the, on that offense. I think they I think they uh, um they gave a promotion to, to um to uh to uh, I think his name is Kevin Stefan Stefanski. Uh, they yeah. do their OC, and I think they brought they brought over um Gary Kubiak as a kind of a, a offensive like a yeah consultant. consultant. I think I think mm-hmm. that I think um I think it's kind of um speaks volumes here because they uh one of the best tight ends coming out in the draft Irv Smith Jr. uh um was was drafted by the Vikings and now with them signing Rudolph to a extension I think uh that's kind of a, a foreshadowing here because Kubiak likes this run run this 12 personnel with uh two tight ends yeah, he used to always yeah. in his systems run a lot of heavy 12 personnel so that kind of that kind of shows you that where they're trying they're trying to do a lot of uh, probably a lot of heavy personnel, a lot of twenty two, a lot of twelve. You know, run the ball. You know, kind of uh, be so be very versatile. Attack the attack the middle of the field. Kind of uh, kind of play to the strengths of Kirk, Kirk Cousins. You know. Right. right. Uh, yeah. So so Krista, you sound like you didn't like the Vikings, but so we we can make it short. So how you feel about the signing? <laughs> I think it shows to show how valuable they see him. I think he made a lot of good points that they see they could use him as a two tight end set because they drafted uh, Urban Smith Jr. from Alabama, who I absolutely liked, and he was a playmaker for yeah. Alabama. Yes, he was. And I feel like he they could both be a security net for Kirk Cousins, who I read an article like a couple days ago that he's still trying to take take the next step as a quarterback and I'm like dude you're 30 and you're still trying to take a step as a quarterback <laughs> right. and I was just, there's no more steps for you pal yeah. and I was like and this I was just it. like tweeted back thank god we got you Sam Darnold so, oh yeah yep so whatever mm-hmm. they're trying to do to make Kirk Cousins take that next step god bless but that yeah thank god we have Sam that's Darnold ridiculous. that's kind of what where I stand with that we should send him like a big thank you card <laughs> Like with Sam Darnold's face on it or something. Yeah, we don't. Um, Thank you. We appreciate you taking Minnesota's money over. Yeah, and we don't have to pay him thirty know? mil, thirty-one million dollars guaranteed money every year. Because mm-hmm. that right there is no, no, yeah, no. Definitely. I don't have a problem with Kirk Cousins and his numbers. His numbers is good. It's just, it's just something about him playing against these, 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 these uh, good teams. He, he just can't execute how he's supposed to execute. You know, and it showed against Chicago last year. That, that's a great point, it's a, man. It showed, mm-hmm. yeah. And even it showed against the bad teams too. I think didn't he lose to Buffalo? Remember they were like seventeen points yeah. at home. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever yeah. it was, and they lost. I, th- I think Cousins was still trying to get <laughs> yeah, the chemistry he... though at that time because it was early in the season. I think he was still trying to get chemistry was, yeah. with with his receivers and his running back and his offensive lineman at that time. So I let I kind of let things slide. But on that week seventeen against Chicago. And and I called for the Bears to win that game. What what the hell happened? I just knew Kirk Cousins wasn't ready for it. Yeah, he just he just I, doesn't I, step up in the big game. I've been I've been one of those guys that's kind of been in Kirk Cousins' corner. But but what Krista said is is like is ridiculous. <laughs> if you're trying to you know take a next step, you know where you're supposed to be kind of uh you know you you kind kind of be cruising right now as a QB in the league and you're telling me that you you you're not you know i mean i understand that you grow and you keep growing no matter what you do but it just drives me nuts that not like davin said 
not only does he not execute in high pressure moments, he has issues with better teams. Right. You know, when team, you know, so it, it, you know, if you if you want to be a franchise QB, man, these these things are supposed to be second nature. Dude. Yeah, and I think that plays an important part in this season. Um, I don't know how tough their season is or how tough their season going to be, but trust me, that you playing against the the Packers and the Bears, oh, you you know, it's it's a hell of a division. So I don't know about the Lions because they still trying to do the Patriot way, but still, um, they they going to get trying to get a thousand yard rushing. <laughs> when the last time they when the last time the Lions had a thousand yard rusher, Barry Sanders? I, yeah. <laughs> most most likely. But no, let's leave let's yeah. Yeah, yeah let's so leave we the Lions so, alone. Yeah, we we'll leave we'll leave the Lions alone. But yeah, if Kirk Cousins can prove himself against the lead of teams, then you know, then Kirk Cousins will 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 be solid. You know, he'll be solid. But if you're just playing good against losing teams and like maybe average teams, but you can't do it against Teams that that's that you know playoff playoff contenders and Super Bowl contenders, then it then it's no need to, for, for to really talk you know to, for him to try to take a next step. You 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 putting up hella numbers, but you telling me you ready to that you that you trying to take a next step. You supposed to been taking next step a long time ago. <laughs> so so it's a bunch of bull crap. So we moving on. Um, Mitchell Swartz. Um, signed the one-year extensions, um, being the second, uh, I think it was $11.5 million, um, is the second highest paid right tackle uh, for Mahomes. Um, is, was, that, was, that, was, that, was that the right move for, uh, you know, to, for, to pay him that much money to uh, basically <laughs> help out Mahomes? Hey, you know what? You got, you got to protect your, your asset, right? Yep. Your, your best, mm-hmm. quarter, you know, the quarterback, so. I think you definitely got to put that money into the offensive line. Mm. That yeah, so that I think was a good that point. offensive line is one of the best in the league. And if you don't if you don't try to keep those guys together, man, you you're doing something wrong. I think I think even Schwartz himself, I think he's probably one A or or one B uh, best t- uh, right tackles in the league. I think I think I think the fact that he spent you know the last couple of years getting paid less than guys like Juwan dreams you know is ridiculous so um mm. i think i think i think Schwartz deserved that money i think i think it pays i think it really um kind of set the tone when you look at when they lost kareem hunt last year um you would think their numbers their numbers would really drop but their yards per right. carry kind of stayed the same and you know and their yards per game kind of stayed the same so you know so you know that line is nothing to mess with so you would never want to like you know tear them apart i think you want to keep them you know, want to keep it together as long as possible. Correct. Um, Krista, how you feel about it? Do you, was that the right was that the right move for the Chiefs? Absolutely. Stability is key in the NFL, especially keeping your offensive line intact. They did a great job protecting Patrick Mahomes, like you guys mentioned before. And uh, and it's hard to get good offensive linemen. So when you have good offensive linemen, you need to keep them and you need yep. to sign them. <laughs> Correct, True. and um, the whole thing is that uh, Mr. Mahomes is going to, going to be looking for uh, a way better season than last season. You know, the kid, the kid is amazing yep. already, you know, and he and he's talking, he's talking about he's working on his off foot, on his throws, and everything like that, his scrambles, and so basically, this kid is really working hard to take it to a next level. So you know, don't count the Kansas City Chiefs out for uh, Super Bowl contenders again this season. Even no, without Kareem Hunt, they proved a lot of things. 
So, um, yes, sir. So, yeah. So, as we move along, uh, the Saints, uh, Cameron Jordan has signed the three-year extension for $52.5 million. Um, what? <laughs> I know he played three years already and put up very great numbers. Um, do this, did this, was that the right time for the Saints to make that move? I think, I think, uh, Cam Jordan is one of those underrated players in the NFL, man. I don't think people talk about him enough. I think, I think in active players, I think he's ranked top 10 in sacks. I think he has yeah. kind of, I think he has like 72 sacks in his career. Uh, if you was if you count active players, I think Terrell Suggs is the is the one in the in the leader of the pack with the most players. I think he's ranked ten. So so he's one of those guys that you don't mention a lot, but he does his job quietly. He does it really well. Uh, I think it was just a a, a a thing that the Saints always do. They t- they do a good job of taking care of their players, their guys, take care of their guys. I think. I think Cam is one of their guys, and they. I think that this contract was kind of like, so you know, them taking care of their guy. You know what? It makes sense because, like uh, Joe Douglas wants to do, he wants to build from you know the interior, interior offensive line, and and on the defensive line as well. And if you could get to the quarterback, that's that's huge. You know, to put pressure on the quarterback. Correct. Um, I feel like it's a. That's what if, you want to do, Lock you know, if he if he, if he's doing this job and he's doing it quietly, we don't hear him about him off the field. And you know, and he's doing this job. You know, pay pay your guy, especially if he's been putting production on the field. Because I know his last three seasons was 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 crazy. It was good. <laughs> yep. It wasn't. It wasn't mm-hmm. nothing. You know, it was kind of like the same as uh. But I think it was more than Clowney's career because Clowney was like. Got twenty nine career sacks, and, and Jordan did that in like three seasons. Crazy, that is crazy. So, um, yeah, um, the Saints, the Saints did it at the right time. Um, you don't want to lose one of your, your your guys that's been putting, you know, been putting, basically putting on for the for the other for the team. <laughs> that's the way how I'm gonna see it. So, so yeah. So on to you, Krista. How you how you feel about the deal? Absolutely. He was a key player to their defense, and I think they made the right decision by signing him right now. He's a playmaker on their defense, and I think it was smart to lock him up early and to lock him up right now because as the season progresses, it's, he it would probably increase to, of how much he wants and his value. Mm. So I absolutely think they made the right decision by locking him up right now. Great I agree. Point, great point. Yep. Right. And I agree to that. So, um, so Gerald McCoy, we forgot to talk about this. We we predicted this, I think, two weeks ago. But McCoy has signed with the Panthers. Um, and I, I know how we know how Sharman feels about him. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know how he fits with the defense. Um, so I'm gonna start off with you, Chris. Uh, how you feel about McCoy signing with the Panthers, and that and was it the right thing to do? Um. Oh, 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 sorry. Go, go right ahead. Go ahead, yeah, Chris, go ahead Chris. You're up, you're up. Go. Oh, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know. The whole release of Jared McCoy kind of puzzled me as a fan because I thought him and the Buccaneers, I kind of still felt like he still had more left in his tank. Agreed. So for for him to – I don't know. I just found that whole thing odd, and I found that uh, them releasing him and him signing – and them signing Sue, I, I don't know. It was kind of weird to me because – but um, him choosing the Panthers, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about it because he had offers from the Cleveland. I really don't know how I feel about it. He had offers from the Cleveland Browns and the Ravens. I heard him say Correct. he wants to go to a 
playoff contender. Mm-hmm. And I really don't know how I feel about the Panthers fitting what he's asking for being a playoff contender, unless someone knows about mm. Cam Newton that I don't know. And I know yeah. they drafted the guy from West Virginia, but I don't know. I just found that whole situation odd from the Buccaneers releasing him to him choosing the Carolina Panthers as the team that he would choose to go to. I think, I, yeah, I, I think Crystal kind of sounds like a lot of uh, uh, a lot of fans watching for the last the last half of the season, and that kind of stuck in your head how bad they played. I think if you go back further, you see a team that was about to take off. I think, I think they were like, I can't remember what their record was in the first seven games. I think games. it was they like six. A, I think they were six and two in like the first eight yeah, games. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were really good. They, and I think the moment uh, Cam Cam's, um, had that injury on his shoulder, I think the team changed. I think the dynamic changed. I think the attitude around changed. I think that, I think, I think bringing in McCoy, who is kind of a locker room guy, a great locker room guy, Another reason why Krista was so right, which is a weird thing for you to let a guy like that go um, um, uh, for the box. Um, just, over, just because you didn't want to pay him $4 million extra is ridiculous to me. But um, 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 I, think, I, I, think, um, I definitely think um, Carolina is a team to be feared. I think that defensive line is going to be scary. Um, I love Brian Burns coming out, come, coming out of the draft. Uh, edge rushes, edge rusher extraordinaire, and when you have to account for a, a DT playing three to four, five I uh, across the line like McCoy can, and and you have to account for Brian Burns on the edge, it's going to be a problem. Go. Yeah, you know what? Carolina should be decent. I I don't know. I can't see them beating the Saints in that division, though. Right? Yeah, they, right. listen, they still have to go through there. You're right. You're right. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Um, to me, it seems like he didn't like the situation in Cleveland that much because you would think Cleveland is more built right now to win and looks like in a better position to win with the talent they got on that team. And and that defensive line looks like it's stacked already. So if you added McCoy, that would have been yeah. pretty impressive. But but Caroline, I mean, Carolina's not going to be a bad no. team. You know, they're not going to be they, – they should make the playoffs as long as – Cam. You know, uh, Krista said earlier with Cam yep. Newton, but I think he started throwing yes, he right? did. at the last. Yes. Yeah. So that was a good sign. So maybe, you know what? They probably told him, listen, you know, brought a doctor in and say, listen, Cam Newton's going to be 100% healthy <laughs> by, you know, by the time training camp starts. Don't worry about it. We're good. We got yeah. Apparently, guys. apparently and... he has a new throw, throw emotion and everybody's giddy about it. Yeah. Uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. They yeah, always exactly. talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll yeah, I'm about to, I'm, I think the whole situation is uh, Cam. No matter what, if Cam has a throwing arm, you know, change his throwing motion or not, he got to stop taking so many hits. Like the hits yeah. that he's been taking is crazy. Like hit, hits to the head and, and and everything, hits to the shoulder, and and then we wondering why he's why he's injured. You know, it seems like he injured one time a year. You know, and that's real. That's really not good. In his scenario, um, he been taking. When I remember last year, he was taking some crazy bad hits. <laughs> which which was, quarterback? There's no quarterback in the league that runs power up the gut, dude. I don't care how Cam. big you. Uh, yeah, I don't care how big you are, man. You're not a running back. Basically, you're gonna injure yourself. 
And you know what? And yeah, but you know what? Even if you are a running back, you're no, not doing that. Back yeah, exactly. Ball. Right. So I think I think we need to tell Lamar Jackson that. But you know, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that kid's gonna learn. The way. I mean, as long yeah. as they're not letting them throw the ball, then you know they're gonna keep running that uh that heavy run, and there it go. You gonna know, think he Cam Newton, and he's gonna be uh more. He's gonna be a uh, more fragile situation than Cam. Because Cam is like a running. He looks like a yeah, linebacker. He's a big guy, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, Lamar Jackson. Takes yeah, Lamar Jackson is a little short, fragile looking. So yeah. <laughs> so God bless. God bless both of them, though. But I just felt like, uh, you know, just like just like Sean said, I, I like Brian Burns. Um, and I think I think they I think they defense will be straight. Um, I think. I think uh, what what concerns about the uh, the Panthers is they offensive linemen and um, protecting Cam and and having Cam try to throw throw more in the pocket and only and run run when necessary run when necessary and slide <laughs> and don't take all them big hits because you know when because they're gonna need you and I feel like they do that they can go to the playoffs they they was a good six and two team then everything just went down went downhill and went to hell. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so off off with the NFL topics. Let's let's get to the Jets topics now that we all love. Uh, Joe Douglas in his press conference. Oof! How how how? Let, I'm gonna start off with you, Krista, because I I know I know you've been wanting to talk about this. How do you how do you how did um how did you feel about Joe Douglas press conference? I loved it. I thought it was a breath of fresh air because for the first time, I don't have to hear the GM say, trust the process or we're going to build through the draft and all this nonsense. Or I have this plan. I have this rebuilding plan and building the draft and all that nonsense. He was short and sweet. And I loved it. He was straight to the point. He said, hey, listen, I believe in building the offensive line and building the defensive line, which as a fan, it makes me happy because I love my offensive linemen. I love my defensive linemen. Anything to protect Sam, I'm all for it. And he wants guys that love football. He wants captains, it seemed like. And that's something as a fan that I always really wanted. I wanted a GM who stressed of wanting what Jamal Adams pretty much echoed. He wants more dogs. And listening to the press conference, it sounds like Joe. that's who Joe, Joe Douglas is leading to. He wants guys that love football, that love the game they hate to lose more than they love to win and that quote mm. alone goes to show what kind of player what kind of guys he wants to bring in the organization and I'm for it and I loved it so much definitely man I mean uh, I just want um echo kind of what Krista said about you know about him about the guy's energy for some, like he has the, some kind of energy I think I was more caught up in that energy than anything else. It's 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 part of what he was saying, but how he was saying it that really mattered. Um, I think it also matters to me that this dude is a tough guy, uh, um, a former offensive lineman. You know, <laughs> he's not he's not you know he's not just off a, off of an off front office guy that never played football. You know, he's a football guy. He played football. And he was pretty good at it. Um, so so I respect that. You know, I think I think I think we need to kind of uh, I, I some of the rumors out there saying that uh, for some like he was fighting for more money and all that. People need to remember who his agent is. You know, uh, his his agent is the same agent as our QB 
So and uh, I and I think, coach <laughs> and our head coach uh, Jimmy Sexton practically owns, you know, everything the Jets have now. That's that's of you know of value. So I I think I think kind of Sexton was kind of throwing his weight around. I think that's the reason why uh, um, a lot of the negotiations took took long took 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 longer than it was supposed to. Um, listen, man, it, something about this guy just you know not only reading about his background and how he came up. You know, kind of from the bottom. You know, like as a, you know, first and able to work on the Aussie Newsome, who, who you guys know I'm a big fan of, and uh, and then being able to go over to Philly and all that. I'm, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I just can't wait to really see him implement, you know, his plan. And as Krista said, this old mantra that means so much in the NFL, build from the trenches, is something that the Jets. They did that was successful. When we had the best O lines and the best D lines, is when we were the best. When we were part of the best teams in the NFL. So I think, um, I think going back to that is what we need more than anything. And and I think he made a point. I think one of the the most important points he made was that was that we got to do this now because we have the youth. We have the young QB coming up. We don't have to pay him no $100 million now. So right, basically, we try to, give him, try to give him all that, you know, try to give him as much fuel now, try to see if he could climb the ladder, you know? Yeah, and you know what? Another thing you get out of him is you get confidence that he knows what he's talking about. And I feel like his plan, I feel like his plan is going to work. When we, when, you know, when you go through with uh, Mac, when he was talking, I felt like, ugh. Is he sure what he's talking about? Is Does he really have a plan or is he just going, you know, because he had no, he had no previous experience as a GM. He was always a scout, Matt. So there was, yep. so he really didn't have a plan. I don't think, you know, he's talking about building through the draft and trust the process and all this. Mm. <laughs> you know what? It just felt like he didn't have that steady, that steady hand up there and a, a plan like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Like with Douglas, I feel like, all right, we're in good hands. We're, we're definitely gonna, we're going in the right direction now. We have we actually have a direction now. With that, with Mac here, I didn't feel like we had a direction. It was always, you know, like you said, build through the draft, trust the process, blah 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 blah. It was like you know, it was coming out of a textbook or something. At least now we got a plan, <laughs> and I feel good. I feel good about the coaches. I mean, those press conferences. Those press conferences <laughs> were awesome as well. Watching those, very like, yeah, very entertaining. Yeah, right. It's better than you know Bowles's press conferences were the absolute worst. I mean, <laughs> you got nothing out of that guy when mm. he talks. Nice guy, but you got nothing. Yeah, out of that guy. Um, I think I so, think what yeah. makes it weird. Um, <laughs> and this is so funny, but I'm thinking it makes it weird because actually Jets fans is is on is on is on the the positive path of of Joe Douglas. Being our being our GM, it's so weird because uh, you know they, they they you know remember last week, two weeks, maybe even three weeks ago. <laughs> well, oh, hey, here we go. Do I y'all got rid of the Mac? sky's falling? Yeah, right. Why we right. got rid of Mac? Oh, this was the wrong time. Chicken, chicken little. Yeah, we was all they was doing a lot of talking, talking, and and hearing and just you know hearing that press conference with Joe Douglas's bug brung you know. A lot of a lot of confidence in Jet fans that we actually doing something right, and this is the best off season maybe in a long time, maybe ever that that 
the Jets are actually doing something mm-hmm. right. Like, absolutely. I yeah. I think I think I think I think I like. I think I think I want to hold off on if it's gonna be the best ever until it boils. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think I think the I think the moment I think the moment positivity starts flowing. I mean, especially if we go on like a four or five game winning streak, you know, something like that. When you add that kind of energy to the things that happen in the off season, I think I think that's gonna kind of tip, you know, tip the the water over, you know. So I'm 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 uh, I'm very happy with everything that's going on. Definitely, um, um, uh, you know, a lot of things are changing. A lot of things. A lot of the things that Jeff always talked about culture. Basically, there's a lot of things that they just didn't do. Like they never really had an analytics crew. Like it basically was probably two or three guys. Apparently, according to what I heard. And, but Joe Douglas is a is even if he's not an analytics guy himself, he believes strongly in it. And I think part of his negotiation was actually trying to get as much money as possible to hire the best analytics guys, the best you know, try to get the best front front office guys. So you know, things that the like the Jets haven't done before, new things are happening. You know, kind of really not just talking about it, but actually, you know, showing the actions. You know, that, I think that's what we. And we I think, be and really I think, last about. but not least, I think Christopher Johnson was really with this hire because if y'all heard that, heard what he said, he said Joe Douglas can bring some executives from different teams, and that, and I think Christopher Johnson really liked it, Joe Douglas, and he was like, yeah, we need to get this job done, and we need to get this done, deal done immediately <laughs> before he goes away. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so I think Christopher Johnson, yep. I think Christopher Johnson did well with that as well. Um. And and then last but not least, uh, I'm gonna talk about uh, Champ Kelly. Uh, our good friend Connor Rogers actually wrote it on uh, Twitter that it, on June second, it'll be crazy if Champ Kelly comes in as as like you know the the basically the VP VP of the team. But for for what the news is is saying that I don't know how true it is. He, he could come in as an assistant general manager. If so, how how could him and Joe Douglas work out? Of course, well, they, they could work out. Yeah, yeah this is have, this is yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. I would say they have history in Chicago, right? The two of them. <laughs> yes, they did. Chicago. Yeah. So I I think, listen, if Joe Douglas is bringing him in, not only does he know he's he's good for the job, but also he knows that he's going to get along with him and get along with Gates as well, and they'll be able to work well together. So that that's what I'm worried about too. And that seems like not a problem with him. So I, I would love it if they brought him in. Carissa? Absolutely. I think I read somewhere that Champ Kelly also has familiarity with Adam Gaze from working in Denver. So I think this yes. would be an absolute great hire mm-hmm. because he also has experience as a front office guy as well. So I'm all for it. I think this pairing would be great, and I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, they, they – they... Uh, I think kind of what I was talking about earlier about trying to um, get as big, get the best hires as possible for this front office. Um, I think I think you're gonna hear a lot of big names uh, like like Champ Kelly because he's interviewing for GMs. If you could get a guy that's interviewing for GM positions to come in as a as a as a you know as a backup you know as the backup for I mean for your GM like a, a, the his right hand man. Uh, that's a crazy combination right there. He's a he's a very respected guy in the NFL champ. So um, so and some of the names that that are flying are flying about like like mm-hmm. Phil Savage. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I mean, it just it just speaks to 
the like I said, like I said again, the, the kind of a new energy that's that's flying around on Jets Drive. So um, um, I'm just hoping that they could nail down some of those guys and get them in the fold. Yeah, um, I just I just hope you know. Hopefully we, hopefully most of Jet fans don't have to uh, drink drink a whole lot of beers and a whole lot of liquor uh, through these games this season. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's all I'm hoping for. Um, and Todd Machade. Uh, staying on ESPN and not going and basically not going to the Jets front office. Uh, is is that a big deal or really not? Because because we know about the other names. Yeah, I don't that's think it's not that a big, big deal. deal. No, it's not. Um, um, listen, I, I I think I think I think of course you respect him and his knowledge, but he is not of the caliber of the, some of the guys that we just named a while ago, you know, in, in a kind of front office position, you know, if, if he would come around, he's probably a position that would make sense for him would be kind of a consultant, Mm -hmm. you know, basically, you know, because yes, he does have the connections in college scouting and stuff like that. And he knows a lot of the guys uh, and, and he does know people in universities and stuff like that. That's how he gets a lot of his info. Uh, But you're talking about guys with long resumes doing this, you know, there's a there's a difference, you know, between between him and uh, Phil Sadler. All right, and Krista, it's on you. I don't think I could have said it any better. I think I'm not sure if I really counted Tom Mache as a real possibility of being a hire. I think he was an interesting name simply because he had ties with Joe Douglas, and they go back oh, to his college correct. days. And I think it's kind mm-hmm. of like. Hey, I'll give you an interview. This kind of like a, a buddy doing a buddy a favor kind of thing. <laughs> That's kind of how I saw it. I never saw it yep. anything really interesting as in Very I'll true. just bring you in because, like you mentioned before, there's guys that have long resumes that have GM experience that have all this stuff over Todd Mache. And no disrespect to Todd Mache, I love his work that he does with ESPN yep. with yeah. Mel Kiper, but I just never honestly saw him as a real candidate for that position. So, yeah, and like, and last but not and last but not least, uh, I just think I just think you know Joe Douglas just need to bring bring guys in that that you know that knows what the hell they doing. <laughs> so so yep. you know Michelle, I, I love Michelle, I love Michelle when you know when it's time for draft. But other than that, I, I don't know what the hell he would have done in that front office that would have made it any better. <laughs> Even though I said yeah, maybe the football guys are with us, but they still with us right now if we get you know Champ Kelly. <laughs> so. So far, yeah, so good. So far, yeah. so good. Um, so Joe Douglas did did make uh some moves. He did sign two cornerbacks. Uh, I think one from the Browns and uh one from the Buccaneers. Uh, if I recall, I don't even remember their name. Um, uh, yeah, Montreal, Montreal Meander yeah. and uh, Mark Myers. Yeah. I think. Um. So so yeah. so do, yeah. do y'all think that was a a, a fresh a fresh, mm-hmm. actual start for Joe Douglas? I think those sure. were just. I think those were just uh, moves that any GM would make. I think those are guys that are just bodies, on unless they flash in training camp, which I you know they uh, one guy's a UDFA, and another guy was kind of like a guy that was on a, you know, on a practice, practice squad, squad somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so I don't think I don't think they're markedly better players or anything like that. I think they're just bodies at this point. At this point, when you just you you have to understand. This is why I think we need to really like you know talk about this more about the uh, cornerback situation. I mean, there's no other time in the NFL history that you need cornerbacks more because cornerbacks stay on the field more than more longer than they've ever had in the history of the NFL. People, 
um, offense is playing more snaps, you know, per game now than ever. So you have corners having to constantly run around. You have, you know, a lot of teams' base defense is nickel. They is playing nickel all the time. You know, you play, you mm. know, so you play, so you basically have a, you have three three corners on the field, you know, mo- a lot of a lot of time. So you 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 can't depend on your corners staying healthy all season if you're going to be having them playing that kind of snaps, and you don't have proper backups for them. So this is a really uh, worrying situation for me. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just I'm just I just want to see how they'll handle it, you know, to make it better. Right, and Sharman, do you think they should? Because you know the Cardinals have gotten uh, released, uh, Amerson. Do you think they should give him a shot? Because we still don't know nothing about Claiborne and his situation. Yeah, um, when you see teams staying away from players, man, you gotta like that's a some kind of red flag. Because mm. trust me, the Jets are not the only team that don't that have on issues at corner. So the fact that he's still sitting out there, something's up. Some something's definitely up about that. I think I. Yeah, somebody would have picked him up. Definitely, right now. Krista. Krista, what's your view? On Mars Claiborne, I read at the end of the draft that Mike McKagan mentioned that he was going to sign him once he was healthy again. So I wonder what kind of injury mm. he's still battling with. So I think he has some the injury from last year. He's still battling with could be the reason why he's still out there. And as for the two cornerbacks that we signed, I think it's Joe Douglas working the waiver wire. He realizes that we need help and competition at cornerback, which you can argue is one of our weakest positions so far right now. True. And I know that uh, Mender has history with Greg Williams, so maybe Greg Williams knows a little something about him, and maybe it's him getting a second chance with the Jets. Maybe he could do something with the Jets, and Greg Williams has some information on this guy, and he hopefully Pretty big both kid. can bring – <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully yeah. Um, they bring more depth and competition because we really need all the help we can get at cornerback. Mm. Yes. So, yeah, you know go what? right ahead, Chris. I was going to say, I, I actually went back. I just wanted to see how bad the situation is with the corners. And, you know, we've talked about it plenty of times already. But outside of our top three corners, right, you got Tremaine Johnson, Poole, and Roberts. then uh, Roberts. <laughs> Right, after, right, and that's not even top, but those are our top three corners. Now, after that, I just want to give you a, a visual, okay, of how many games these guys have played outside of those three. Okay, the one guy, Derek Jones, he's been in the league two years. He's played four games. Our good friend this past year, Parry <laughs> Nickerson, he played all 16 games, right? So that doesn't sound bad. Yeah. Okay, yeah. after that, it gets really bad. <laughs> Jeremy Clark. Yeah. One year, one game mm-hmm. played. Uh, Tavon Campbell, three years, zero Ooh. games played. Uh, Arthur Mollett, he's got a little bit of experience. Two years, he's played for Indy and then New Orleans. Uh, Twelve games played mm-hmm. combined and one game started. And okay. then we got our rookie, Austin, who we may not so see we, this yeah, year we, until uh, second half. Okay. You, got a, you got another guy, Kyron Brown, undrafted out of Akron. And then you got the other two guys that we mentioned, Meander, and Mark Myers so, both played zero so games. Sound, sound, sound so, like so far we fucked. <laughs> Excuse my language. Yeah, that's saying it lightly, you know. That, no, it's, but hopefully a, a veteran 
can can get released somewhere, or maybe they could, you know, work out a trade somewhere. So so that, so that brings it to the next question. Um, do y'all do you do y'all think Joe Douglas will bring more as 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 we get along to training camp and we get into preseason before the season start? Do y'all think Joe Douglas will bring not just cornerbacks, but do you think he'll bring some bring some offensive lineman talent because we don't have we have guys, but other than no simile, we really and Beecham, we really don't have nobody like that. I think I, yeah, I think um I think the offensive line is uh I think I think uh Gase really loves the way they play together. I'm not saying that means that they're gonna be productive. I think I think coaches need comfort and I think when guys are showing in camp that they they're especially in a line you need you really need that kind of unity. Uh, I think Krista said it best earlier about about offensive line and continue continuity, and I think kind of what uh, Harrison showed uh, at the end of the season kind of you know piqued the uh, coach's interest, especially watching tape after um, when probably when Gates came in and he watched the tape, he kind of saw something in in Harrison that he really liked uh, uh, and kind of convinced him that to give him a shot, and he's proven them right. Camp, I mean, without pads, but I mean. You know, mm-hmm. I I think I think I think um, Joe Douglas is going to be adding a lot of a lot of competition in a lot of places. I think he he made that very clear that he's going to be working the waiver wires. So you you go, you're going to see a lot of bodies coming in and out of camp, uh, in and out of the Jets, yeah, soon. Go, mm. oh, Chris. Go right ahead. Yeah. I, <laughs> oh no, I was going to say no. I could definitely see Douglas making moves. Um, he's definitely going to be. He's going to definitely keep his eye on the uh, the waiver wire as well, because um, we, we know veterans are always, you know, falling out of camp somewhere. Um, guys are getting cut, you know. Especially we got to look at the situation in in Minnesota. You know, their caps their cap situation is not good, so that's a situation to definitely keep an eye on because somebody might be traded or somebody might get cut there to save money. Um, maybe not this year more likely after this season, you know, they might want to squeeze out one more year out of this team to see if they can make a run. But um, I definitely Douglas is going to be keeping his eye out there for, you know, for a corner or like you said, an offensive lineman for sure. Yeah, I definitely think he's going to use that third uh, waiver wire to his advantage. I think like you guys all mentioned that, we have a lot of needs and a lot of spots, and I can definitely see him adding pieces at offensive line and cornerback, depending who gets released. I definitely could see him making moves, and because we could also use depth at offensive lineman, and I could, de- yeah, I could definitely see him making moves in the waiver wire. Yeah, I, I think I think as long as the I think as long as they keep bringing in players to, you know, to keep it competitive, we already know who's going to start. You know, but when we, the ones, the, the positions we got question marks with, we we got to keep on bringing guys in. I think I think I think in my scenario, just keep bringing guys in, and whoever can play in the mm-hmm. preseason basically could could come come in the season, and then I guess whoever goes on the practice squad or gets released, it's got to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, ain't ain't no hard feelings, but that's just the way how it goes. Um, so one last question before we get out of here, um. 
um, the special teams coach, uh, Brent Boyer, he says no steps back. He's looking to rebuild the special teams. Is there any way that it's going to be – he can make it the same how it was last year with Roberts and Myers? Chris, go ahead. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll say something quick. Last year, if you remember, we, we talked about it before the season started. We were really – uh, concerned about the special teams. I remember. And we were like, right? We, we The three of us were like, oh, man, that's going to be our weak link. We was and actually we laughing our... at it, too. <laughs> yeah, we were like, man, this is going to be really bad. And it looked bad in, in the preseason Yes, it did. It, it didn't look good at all. The guys were fumbling, and it just it just didn't look good. But then, you know, then we turn out to have two All-Pros. Uh, so um, I, I, I look at it this way. The way we went in last year – how bad it looked, and then it turned out to be great. I think we we got to look at it that way and say we got to have confidence that he's going to turn it around again, and he's going to figure out something this year. I think I think I think so, um, I think I, there was a few game tapes that I that I saw someone break down and 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 a name kept coming up. Uh, Sharon Peak kept coming up as a guy that was really good on on, on special teams. Uh, uh, a kind of uh, a move that kind of uh, kind of baffled me too is uh, they had the the Pierre Louis linebacker. Um, there was, was another guy's name that kept coming up in that film breakdown when I was watching uh, a special teams breakdown on uh, on the Jets special teams last year. Um, so so when when we didn't resign what's his name and he started acting about acting the Jets will pay and all that stuff. I think I think. Listen, if you spent your whole career and never had a season like that, and you're on your last legs and you're having the best season, and you're talking about you, you're this and you're that. I think you're kind of being disingenuous. Uh, I I I I don't think. I think that was an anomaly for him. I think I think I think it speaks more to Brent Boyer than it speaks to the player. Um, so I think he'll be able to get. I don't know if it's going to be as good as last year, but it's going to be. I think we're going to have more consistent play. At, at special teams. I think I, I, there's been a lot of moves that the Jets have done specifically for special teams, Means meaning they're treasured, you know, they're trying to they're trying to pour as much talent into special teams, That you know, and I think it's going to be more uh, uh, consistent from now on. All right. And what's your view on it, Chris Lou? All I've seen has been growth from Brett Boyer from the coverage on special teams has been absolutely excellent last year. He, I feel as a coach, he definitely has improved. Absolutely. When you lose a guy like the kicker that we lost to the Seattle Seahawks, whose name kind of floats my mind at the moment, we yeah Myers, we lost yep. him and we lose Andre Roberts. It's it's definitely going to be tough. But I like the guy from Wake Forest, Greg Dortch. I'm sorry if I butchered his name. I'm no, very you said good it at right. that. Yeah, you okay, said exactly right. Yeah. I have faith in him. I really like him. He's doing good stuff so far, and I think he could be a guy to watch for on special teams for us. I think. He could potentially be the guy that steps up for us. And we also drafted uh, Blake Cashman from Minnesota, who I think is going to make plays on special teams as well. I have faith in Brett Boyer. I think he's a really good coach. I I see nothing but growth and improvement from him since his first year here. I I have confidence that he's going to do well. And it's definitely tough when you lose two pro ballers, but I have nothing but faith that uh, Brett Boyer can get this special team's done well 
Agreed. Yeah, I just, I just think it's a load of, load of crap that uh, Robertson Myers is going to do good with these new teams, like how they did with the Jets. Um, you know, but I think, I think, you know, I agree, I agree with everything. I think that. I think we'll be fine on special teams. If they can get us to like the forty yard or, or the fifty yard line to set up for Sam Darnold in the offense, I, I'll be fine with that. Every, every that sounds, yeah, right. that sounds so good. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be great. Yeah, you know, um, it all depends on who the return man is. Uh, I do like Greg. I like Greg Dortch um, as a returner. Um, but it's also going to be a competition. We got Bellamy. Yep. We have Hen- uh, I think Henderson from the Giants. We have Valentine. That's that's uh that came from uh rug- rugby rugby yes. um and, and we have we have basically we and yeah, we got cannon well, let's not forget cannon too well so if we can catch a, the ball now now, now. Uh, <laughs> yeah he got he got a lot of butterfingers um he fast he's fast as hell yes he but is he got he got a lot of butterfingers um I think I think I think that competition is gonna break down the preseason we'll see we'll see a whole lot of I think we'll see all of these guys play in the preseason and as the preseason move along whoever does the best um will will be our will be our guy but um, I, I, whoever it is, I'm just hoping that he's that. Hopefully, we'll still get the blockers. Um, just like us, uh, you said, Charmin with Peak, and um, and just like you said, Crystal with Cashman, because I see Cashman doing more of a special teams role than playing the actual line linebacker role at the, at this moment. Um, yeah, that so. I, you know, and uh, I not to spoil the surprise, but we were gonna have our I, um our good friend uh, um Joe Blewett over to uh. We, I saw him break down some film on Cashman, and I think you'll be very surprised at his talent level uh, um, of what Joe saw on film. I think I think this kid is like way more than people, you know, kind of see. And 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 yes, he might just he might be able to not might be able to he could contribute on special teams, but he, I think he's a little bit more surprisingly talented than a lot of people think. I think I think I think when Joe comes o- comes over the, to discuss that, I think you will discover a couple a little new th- a couple new things about this kid. Yeah, yeah, either that or we gonna or basically basically he's gonna be with us at on the show next next week. Um, and Crystal, we we appreciate you for coming and thank you so much for uh basically being on this episode with us and talking to us about yes, football in general. Definitely. Yes, thank you. Thank Krista. you for having me. I enjoyed talking football with each and every one of you. It means a lot for you guys for having me on. Thank you so much. We, we, not not yeah, a problem. We, we wouldn't awesome. mind. We, we wouldn't mind it. having you on sometime in the uh, later date. Definitely. Football season. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Oh, thank you. It means a lot. Not a problem. Uh, make sure y'all follow. Make sure y'all um, make sure y'all follow listeners. Follow us at Just Fans Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram at NY Just Fans Podcast. Uh, great episode as always. Follow Krista and, too. Yeah, follow Krista yes. on Twitter. I forgot. I, I apologize, Krista. But follow Krista on Twitter as well as Krista XX number three. Again, it's Krista XX number three. Basically, know all her Jets stuff and know all of her football, as you as y'all know it. So until until next week, um, jet up, take, take flight. flight. Yes, sir.